the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Freedom with Adam Riojas. His goal is not only to inspire you to receive everything God has for you, but to go out into the world and make disciples of all nations. And now, here's your host, Adam Riojas. Woohoo! Welcome to today's show. I am excited. We're going to have a, a really good show today. I have a, both of my daughters, Bella and Talia Riojas. And then, of course, we're going to continue our quest and our journey through the book of John. But without further ado, we're going to start this interview with my daughters. And let me start off with uh, with Bella. Bella, how old are you? Well, I just turned 11 in August. Woohoo! Well, congratulations. You're a big girl now. Talia, how old are you? Nine. I turned nine on September 2nd. Wow. Both of you are just getting older and older. You're becoming fine, young little girls, and I'm excited. I'm so happy to be your father. So here's my next question. Um, when did you actually give your life to Jesus? And this question is going to be for both of you, and we'll start with you, Bella. When did you give your life to Jesus? When I was three years old. Three years old, and why did you give your life to Jesus? Because, um, well, when I was born, I went to church the first Sunday, and then when I got a little older, I, I saw people worshiping God, and I realized that God was real. So I realized that I'd say the sinner's prayer, so I could ask God in my heart. So I asked you if you could lead me into the sinner's prayer. Woohoo! I was so happy that day. Talia, when did you give your life to Jesus? When I was three years old. When you were three years old, um, were you happy that day? Yes. <laughs> Are you happy you're a Christian now? Yeah. Woohoo! I'm happy for both of you. So you were fairly young. You were still pretty small. You know that the, the all the statistics say that most people give their life to Jesus uh, before they're 18 years old. And not that it doesn't happen at a later age, but it becomes harder because the heart of people becomes more harder, and it eventually needs a serious spiritual heart operation because it it begins to fall upon its own belief, and it gets darkened the older we get. So it's beautiful that you started pretty young. So here's another question, Um, Miss Little Bella Riojas. Do you like going to church? Yes. Tell me why you like going to church. Well, because our youth um, leaders bring us into worship along with the other classes. And after that, we get to go in class, see a, a video split up into two, and I get to see my friends at church. Woohoo! That's a good thing. How about you, Talia? Um, are you going to church? Yes. Um, tell me why you like going to church. Um, um, it's okay. Whatever you feel like in your heart. Do you like seeing your friends? Yeah. Do you like singing? Yes. Do you like listening to the message? Yes. Do you ever tell people about Jesus? Yes, sometimes. Sometimes? Well, that's a good thing. Okay. Here's another question for both of you. Um, um, what do you like to do for fun? And what are some of the things that you do as a young little uh, lady who loves the Lord, uh, what do you do for fun, Bella? Well, I read my book, um, The Chronicles of Narnia. I play with my sister, I play with my dogs, and I watch movies sometimes. Wow, very cool. What kind of movies do you watch? Um, well, I watch movies on Pure Flix. Okay, so Christian movies. Mm-hmm. Woohoo! What about you, Talia? Um, what do you like to do? I like to play with my sister. I like to um, play with my dogs. I like to, I like to watch 
the movie Open Season. It's so funny. <laughs> Amen. So here, um, you both mentioned you have dogs, and I think it's interesting that both of you have dogs that will eventually lead to what you've chosen in life to do. And pretty, pretty uh, much so far, you both are set on what you want to do. But let me ask you first, Bella, what kind of dog do you have? A golden retriever. What's your dog's name? Joy. Okay. Why did you name her Joy? Because when I first got her, it gave me joy to see her because she was so cute. <laughs> That's a good answer. Uh, Miss Talia, uh, what kind of dog do you have? A German Shepherd. German Shepherd. What's your dog's name? Rex. Why did you name him Rex? Well, when we were about to get Rex, my, me, me, my mom and sister, we were on our bed and we were just searching for a name and we saw that name. So I picked it out and then I named him Rex. I really liked it. Perfect. Bella, um, you got a golden retriever because... Uh, of what you want to do eventually when you get older. What is it that you want to do when you grow up and graduate and start your little life outside of home? Well, I want to be a veterinarian. A veterinarian. Why do you want to be a veterinarian? Because I have a love for animals. Wow, that's pretty awesome. You know, the Bible says that, that we should take care of animals and we should uh, make sure that they live good lives. What about you, Talia? Um, what kind of dog, well, wait, I just already asked you that. Um, what do you, uh, why did you choose a German Shepherd? Uh, because I want to be a police officer when I go, when I'm older. Uh, why do you want to be a police officer? To protect the people. Wow, that's awesome. Um, I've heard you say that you want to be the captain of the police force. Why do you want to be the captain? Um... You want to be the boss? Yeah. <laughs> Very good. I, I want to be the leader. You want to be a leader. Wow, that's fantastic. That's really good. I'm, I, I feel proud that you just said that. You want to be a leader, and I believe that God wants to use you as uh, great leaders. Um, um, this question, I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask you uh, both, um, where do you go to school at? To Freedom Generation Higher Education. And where is that Where is that school at? It's in Oceanside, California at, at the Cross Church. Okay, Talia, same question. Where do you go to school? Freedom Generation Higher Education. Wow, and it's at the Cross as well, right? Yes. Do you girls like your school? Love yes. it. <laughs> you love it. At the same time, do you have a lot of friends in school? Yes. Um, everyone there is my friend. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. Um, what are you guys, what are you girls learning? Are you learning math? Yeah. Yeah. Are you learning how to write? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Are you learning how to read? Yes. Um, one of the things that I like that you're learning to do is um, you're learning the Constitution. You're learning what it means to be an American. Um do you guys ever do the Pledge of Allegiance before you start uh, school? Yes. You do? Mm -hmm. Yes. Let me see you. Say the Pledge of Allegiance together. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. That's awesome. You know, when we were in school, when I was growing up, we used to do it as well. And then the older I got, the, the more it just started fading um, when I was in high school. Um, it's important to, to love your country. I believe that God has given us that privilege to, uh, to have been born in this country and to um, be these people that want um, the best for the American people and for the rest of the world, of course. Um, so... Let me ask you something. I know you guys, you girls are learning the Constitution. Um, uh, do you, Have you got girls learn the preamble? Yes. yes. Let me see. Repeat that. We, the, the people, people of the United States, States in, in order, order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare, 
and secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. Do ordain and establish his constitution for the United States of America. Wow, that is pretty powerful. So let me ask you something, girls. Uh, Do you love your country? Do you want your country to do well, Bella? Yes. What about you, Talia? Do you love your country? Yes. What has mom and dad been telling you that we want you to be the what of America? The president. (laughs) The president of the United States. And you know why we want you to be the president of the United States? Um, You girls are privileged through your mother's side, my wife, to be related to who? George Washington. Wow. George Washington. Isn't that pretty awesome that you guys, you girls are related to George Washington? Yes. So, you know, we often travel a lot. And we go all over the country, right? So far, we have about 38 states, and we do this every summer, and we take different routes, and we always end up at in Kentucky. And then we make our way around. That's one of the places we stay at. Um, what's one of the things that you like about Kentucky? And I'll start with you, Bella. Well, um, when we go to Kentucky, we get to go to this one place. It's called the Ark Encounter, and... We get, they actually made um, a thing that's like literally just like the Ark. And they have a petting zoo there. They have a lot of cool things. Yeah. Wow. Awesome. So, Talia, there's other things that we do in Kentucky as well. What's your favorite thing when we go to Kentucky? Uh, we also go to the um, museum mm-hmm. and we get to go around. To watch these little, these little videos about stuff, and then we get to go on this other one where you look at the stars, and you can see what the, what all the stars are, and you get to walk around like the whole museum. You know, I I like it too. The the museum is pretty amazing because it's it's a creation museum, and you get to see how God created everything, and they follow pretty much the timeline that the Bible describes if you go throughout the generations. Um, my favorite part is the one you just said. When we go to the uh, museum, I, I love to see when we sit in the uh, the dome and then we get to see all of the different stars and the galaxies, and that's pretty amazing. It's wonderful. I'm glad you girls like this place. Um, so what's your favorite state, uh, Miss Bella? South Dakota. Why do you like South Dakota? Well, because it's just such a beautiful scenery, and um, there's a monument there of the heads. The presidents? Yes. Um, which, who's your favorite person on the monument? George Washington. Woohoo! What about you, Talia? What's your favorite state? My favorite state is South Dakota. Why do you like South Dakota? Well, it's... Nice and green. It's beautiful. We get to see the monuments. What's your favorite president? George Washington. (laughs) Because you girls are related to George Washington. Isn't that awesome? Yes. So, you know, I I, want to thank you so much for being on the show today. And um, I do want your mother to hang out. I want her to close close us off in prayer in this latter part of the show. Uh, But I appreciate you both coming. If you were to tell somebody about Jesus, what would you tell them, Bella? I'd tell them that he died on the cross for all your sins and that he loves you. Wow, that's awesome. What about you, Talia? If you were to tell anybody anything about Jesus, what would you tell them? He died on the cross. He's our Lord and Savior. And yeah. Amen. That's really good. Well, again, thank you so much, girls, for being on the show. I, I love you. You girls are the apple of my eye. And it's such a pleasure to see you continuing to grow. Um, If you just tuned in, this is Freedom with Adam Riojas. And we just finished a great interview with both of my daughters, uh, 9 and 11. Uh, Bella is uh, 11, and my daughter Talia is 9 years old. And the interview is phenomenal. I I just love these girls. But the the better part of the show which is the word of God is what we're going through next. And today we're going to pick it up 
in John chapter 10. Um, if you remember our last chapter in John chapter 9, we saw that Jesus um, had healed a blind man uh, miraculously. And instead of the people, the religious leaders rejoicing over this, they were angry. And I believe the reason they were angry, because I believe the scripture teaches us that, is the religious leaders were about to lose their prestigious places their of status. You know, they were the wealthiest people and, and the people looked up to them and the people revered them, basically. But as we pick it up in chapter 10, we see this beautiful chapter that John wrote about the good shepherd. And without further ado, let's get into John chapter 10, verse 1. It says this, Barely, barely, or truly, truly, I say unto you, He that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. Isn't that amazing how Jesus begins to say these words, that there is no other way but to go through the door. Because any other way that you try to enter into the sheepfold, you are either a thief and or a robber. Verse 2 says this, But he that entereth by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. Now, this is a beautiful verse because it begins to open up this teaching about what it means to be a shepherd and how the shepherd takes care of his sheep. And it's so April right now. Verse three says this to him, the porter open and the sheep hear his voice and he calleth his own sheep by the name and leadeth him out. What I love about this, this verse is throughout history, even in, in the Scottish history and others, others that raise sheep, they would name their sheep. Some of them they knew personally, and it is said that the sheep would know them, know their shepherd, and that the shepherd would know each one in a unique way, would know all their flaws and know everything about them. And this is why it's important to hear this because it is now pointing to who the shepherd of the sheep is. And it's a wonderful little story that brings it out for us. Um, there's a story that happened during one of the world wars, and I believe is during World War I, where some of the opposing military were came upon a sheepfold and the shepherd was not there at the time, and where he was at, he was a little ways away, and he was asleep. And the soldiers began to lead the sheep out and to steal them. And all of a sudden, the shepherd is aware of what's happening. He runs down and begins to call them by name, and the sheep hear his voice and begin to leave the military guys and go back to the shepherd. The military guys were so blown away by this that they let that happen. And so, again, this verse makes perfect sense when you read it, when it says that the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leadeth them out. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. They personally know his voice. Another thing that is amazing um, as we read this story is that a shepherd also carries a rod and a staff. The rod is used to defend the sheep against any intruders, any wolves or bears or any intruders that would tr try to come in and devour the sheep. And so, the shepherd would always protect his sheep. The staff was used to literally guide his sheep and pull them out if they were stuck in the bush or fell into a hole. He would use um, the staff to pull them out. And the staff was shaped 
in this in this round. It had a round end, kind of like a like a U shape, and it was able. He was able to use it to help his sheep. But the beautiful thing about that is, is it also had a distinctive sound, and the shepherd would literally hit the ground with his staff, and the sheep would hear that distinctive noise and knew that it was their shepherd. And it would be used on, on a foggy day or a very dark evening, and the sheep would come to that specific sound. The sheep know their shepherd. Now, this parable spake Jesus unto them, but they understood not with things they were, which he spake unto them, and he and said Jesus unto them again, Verily, barely I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. Now, we know that in John 14, 6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes unto the Father but through me. And, and it, it makes perfect sense that there is no other way to come in through but through Jesus. Jesus is that door. Today, if you find yourself lost and hopeless and don't have a direction, don't know the way, Jesus is the way. Jesus is that door. Jesus said, I am the door of that sheep. Now, when we look at this verse, what is amazing about it in 10.7 is that this is now the third time that, that Jesus uses the great I am statements. If you remember, the very first time is John 6.35 when Jesus says, I am the bread of life. I am the one who sustains you. I am the one that nourishes you. John 8.12, I am the light of the world. He is a light to our path. That's who Jesus is. I am the light of the world. And now we hear him say, I am the door. As we continue to read, when we get to verse 11, we'll see the fourth time he says, the great I am. I am the good shepherd. The fifth time it's used is used in chapter 11, verse 25, when he says, I am the resurrection. He is, he is the one who gives us life. He is the one that makes us brand new. He is our hope. In John 14, 6 is the sixth time. It says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No other way. And that lines up when Jesus says, I am the door. I am the way, the truth, and the life in John 14, 6. The last time it's used um, is in John 15, 1, when Jesus says, I am the true vine. He is literally the beginning and the end. He is the one where all fruit comes from. It is a beautiful, amazing thing when we hear these I am. Today, I, I want to tell you that you can only enter heaven through Jesus. All your sins can be forgiven. Jesus paid for all of that on the cross. But, but here we are reading this story and we see that Jesus has just said, I am the door. This is your entrance. Are you lost? This is your entrance. Do, do you need direction? This is the door. This is the way. Jesus can help you. Jesus can meet your need. That's because he loves you. He uses this amazing metaphor and he says, I am the door. Jesus is that door. And he loves you and he wants to bless you today. He is the door. What an what a, a metaphor. In order to get into a home, you need to get into a door. If, if you walk, if you go any other way through windows, you're breaking in if it's not your place. Jesus is a door, and that invitation is for you today. Jesus is whom we need. Jesus loves you, and he wants to bless you today. Jesus is that door. 
The Oceanside Pier is a sacred place, blessed with ocean views, the strand, good people, and good times. You'll find all those things and more at the Bistro at the Pier. Locally owned and operated, the Bistro at the Pier offers delicious food options and a full slate of crafted coffee drinks, including Italy's own Cafe Vergnano, sourced from Italy's finest coffee beans. So whether you're craving an acai bowl or an espresso, the Bistro at the Pier is waiting for you. Head on down or visit them online at bistroatthepier.org. Freedom Generation Higher Education is a faith-based alternative education option that values constitutional rights and medical freedom, serving ages 3 through 6th grade. Hosted by At the Cross Church in Oceanside, they offer in-person classes and electives Tuesday through Thursday, along with a classical conversation community offering foundations and essentials on Mondays. And they're now accepting applications for fall 2022. Visit them online at atthecrossoceanside.com. That's atthecrossoceanside.com. Welcome back to Freedom with Adam Riojas. We are now going um, on this journey through John chapter 10. Um, it is an incredible uh, uh, chapter. Jesus has just now said, I am the door of the sheep. There's no other way to get in through, but through that right door. And Jesus just made an outstanding uh, claim that he is a door. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door by me. If any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pastures. You know, what's so beautiful about this story when we get some of its uh, content behind and we understand uh, what Jesus is saying when a lot of these shepherds would um, travel and they take their sheep all over the place and they came to big towns, especially like Jerusalem. There was always a sheep pen um, on the outskirts of town and the sheep would, and the shepherds would leave their sheep there and they would be taken care of by the porter, the person taking care of this place. And there was only one way to get in and that was through that one door. And it's a beautiful story because as we've been, we continue um, Jesus, again, in verse 9, says, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. Remember that word, find pasture. The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. That's powerful. Listen to what that verse just said. It says, that the thief who is the enemy of our souls only comes to steal, kill, and destroy. The devil wants to, to steal everything you have, your joy, your peace. Um, he wants to destroy you and eventually wants to kill you. That's all he knows because iniquity was found in him and he's angry and he knows his time is near even more now, even so more now when we see all of these things that are going on around the world is, is with China, you know, wanting to invade, um, Taiwan and Russia, who's just recently, um, in the last couple of months invaded Ukraine and the war seems to be progressing and, and the world unstable right now with Israel and Iran and, and, and we can go on. The list can go on. Let me tell you that only Jesus can bless you because he is, the door and the thief wants to get you to, to just go crazy inside of your mind to lose your mind. And when he does that, he begins to get a hold of you and then he will destroy you and take everything that you own. Jesus says, I am come that they may have life and that they may have it abundantly. What does it mean to be abundant, to have abundant life? Now, someone who has a lot of life has stamina. Someone with a lot of life has increased energy. Someone with a lot of life has a large sphere of living. Someone with a lot of life has the ability to do things. Someone with a lot of life has the overflow of enjoyment. Someone with a lot of life has what it takes to persevere, to persevere. 
And you know who wants to give you that abundant life? Jesus. Jesus. Jesus wants to give you that abundant life. Um, Jesus says now something powerful. I am the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. This is the fourth of the I am's. And earlier we repeated with all the other I am's ones. I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the door. I am now the good shepherd later on. I am the resurrection. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the true vine. Now, what makes this really powerful is, is in John eight fifty eight, Jesus repeated that incident that had happened when Moses saw the burning bush and then he saw a messenger, an angel in the midst, and began to speak to him. And as he begins to realize, he knows he's, he knows he's on holy ground on, in the presence of God. And he says, who should I say sent me? And, and God, Jesus responds with, I am that I am. And now we see that Jesus does that in John eight fifty eight. when Jesus said unto them, when they're questioning him, he says, before... Barely, barely, or truly, I say unto you, before Abraham was, I am. But let's go back now to, I am the good shepherd. What exactly does that mean? If you remember in the Old Testament, King David was a shepherd boy before he became a king. So he had a perfect understanding of what it meant to be a shepherd, And he wrote this psalm, and I'm going to read it to you. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. Now, Jesus just proclaimed to be the good shepherd. He uses the I am, the eternal significance. I am, I am from eternity. I am God. I am the good shepherd. And David, again, in the Old Testament, when he understood what it was to be a shepherd, he says, the Lord is my shepherd. And that word Lord is Jehovah, Yahweh. Yahweh is my shepherd. Yahweh is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I will not want. I'll have need of nothing. He provide everything. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. Remember, he is the one that leads us to green pastures. He sustains us. He makes sure that we are physically and spiritually taken care of. He leadeth me beside the still waters. See, he's able to do that, to make sure that we are completely taken care of physically and spiritually. He takes us to still waters. Still waters is the opposite of a storm opposite of water that is stirring. Still water is a place of comfort, a place of, of good water. Now what's amazing as the Psalm continues to read in Psalms 23, three, he restoreth my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. He makes me brand new. He makes me brand new and leads me, in the right direction. Yea, though I walk through the valley of shadow death. Now, what is saying there? It's not saying he's going to, that you're, that you're dying. He's saying when you walk through a valley of a shadow death, when death can be imminent, when sin is overpowering, when the walls are coming down, when we find ourselves hopeless, when we, walk through these places when we go through these situations the shadow of death david says i will fear no evil for thou art with me thy rod and thy staff they comfort me thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies thou anointest my head with oil my cup runneth over he puts us on a pedestal in front of our enemies and it's not for us to say look at me now it's to know that god is the one that blesses us. God is the one who rewards us, who gives us more than what we need, and then our cup runs over. You know, that's a picture of the Holy Spirit just running out of us. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. 
the key to that is that the Lord is my shepherd, that he understood who that shepherd was. And that shepherd was Jesus, God himself. I am the good shepherd. The shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. We see that in John 10, 11. 12 says this, but he that is a hireling and not the shepherd whose own sheep are not seeth the wolf coming and leaveth the sheep and fleeth and the wolf catches them and scatters the sheep. That's what the bad shepherd does. He scatters the sheep. Listen, if you just tuned in, this is freedom with Adam Riojas as we're going through the book of John. And we have just as uh, read that he is the door and that he's also the good shepherd. I am the door. I am the good shepherd. He is self-sustaining. He is the one that blesses us. In verse 11, it says the hiring, I'm excuse me. And in verse 13 of John 10, it says the hireling fleeth because he is a hireling and careth not for the sheep. He doesn't want anything to do with the sheep. He's there either to profit. He's there either to kill, steal, or destroy, either there to cause confusion and to lead us down the wrong path. But the good shepherd blesses his people. And we just saw how John, how David in the Old Testament used that metaphor when he said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Verse 14 says, I am the good shepherd. He repeats it again. And know my sheep and known of mine. He knows his sheep. He knows you by name. If you are a believer, if you already have Jesus in your heart, he knows you by name. By name. He knows who you are. He he knows you intimately. And he wants to bless you and continue to help you and to give you a hope and to lead you to green pastures. And if we walk in the valley of shadow death, he can restore our soul. He can get us to the other side. I am the good shepherd and my sheep and I am known of mine. And as a father knoweth me, even so Know I the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. The good shepherd is willing to lay down his life. It reminds me of a story in the Old Testament when David confronted and killed uh, a bear and a lion that were going to come in and devour his sheep. David was willing to lay down his life. How much more when we look at what Jesus is willing to do for you and I? For you and I, he's willing to lay down his life. And eventually he does lay down his life for you and I. If you don't know Jesus and you're listening to the show, it's not by coincidence. He wants you to know that he laid down his life for you because he is the good shepherd. In verse 16, it says this of John 10, the other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also must I bring and they shall hear my voice and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. Listen, we know he was talking to the Jewish people. Who are these other sheep that he's going to unite and bring in to one fold and be the one shepherd? That's you and I, if you're not Jewish, that is the Gentiles. Anyone who is not Jewish is considered a Gentile, is not Jewish. And this is what 16 is saying. He's saying that he must bring us together and be the one shepherd. Therefore, doth my father love me because I lay down my life that I might take it again. See, Jesus laid down his life that he may take it back again. And that's exactly what he did when he went down into into the grave in the middle of the center of the earth, as the Bible tells us. And he went down and proclaimed the good news. He went down and conquered death for you and I. Oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, thy sting. Oh, grave, where is thy victory? It is no longer 
Jesus has overcome both. And that's why the Father loves Jesus, because he did this for you and I. 18 says that no man taketh it from me. I lay it down of myself. It wasn't the Jews. It wasn't the Romans. It was your sin and my sin that put him on the cross. And then he had the power to take it back again. This commandment have I received to my father. Verse 19 says this. There was a division therefore among the Jews for these sayings. And many of them said, he hath a devil and is mad. Why hear ye him? Others said, these are not the words of him that hath a devil. Can a devil open the eyes of the blind? Of course not. This is a miraculous thing that Jesus had done in the previous chapter, as we saw when he gave sight to the blind man. Now, John only focused on seven of Jesus's miraculous creation miracles, but there is no doubt that Jesus had performed many more. And right now, can a devil open the eyes of the blind? Only God can. Verse 22 says this, and it was at Jerusalem, the feast of the dedication, and it was winter. And Jesus walked into the temple, into Solomon's porch. Then came the Jews around him and said unto him, how long doest thou make us to doubt? If thou be the Christ, tell us plainly. Now, this is an insane saying by these people people that opposed him by the religious leaders of the time. Jesus had already done some powerful things when he changed water into wine, when he had just recently given sight to the blind, as John noted for us. And he had already made a proclamation that I am the bread of life. There was no doubt that he was saying, I'm the only one that can sustain you. That, that I am the true bread that came down from heaven. I am the light of the world. And he just proclaimed that I am the door. I am the good shepherd. Remember David said in Psalms 23, the Lord is my shepherd. Jesus is my shepherd. Jehovah, Yahweh is my shepherd. He had already told them plainly. Jesus answered them in verse 25. I told you, ye believe not the words that I that I do in my father's name, they bear witness of me, but you believe not because you are not of my sheep. As I said unto you, listen, if you just tuned in, this is freedom with Adam Riojas. As we're going through the book of John, we are now seeing Jesus saying, I've already told you many times who I was, that I am the bread of life, that I am the light of the world, that I am the door. And then his last statement was, I am the good shepherd. I've told you, you do not believe. In verse 26, it says, but you believe not because you are not of my sheep. As I said unto you, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow. Jesus is now clarifying that whoever follows Jesus Whoever believes that he's the Messiah, whoever believes that he is the great I am, that he is the I am the bread of life, the I am the light of the world, that I am the door, that I am the good shepherd, by this time, they hear his voice. See, we need to open up our heart because circumcision is no longer of that private member, but circumcision is now of the heart. We need heart surgery. We need Jesus to come into our life. We need to hear his voice. Verse 28 says this, and I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. See, that is the gist of scripture, eternal life, because this life will end soon for all of us. Some of us may know someone who's 100 or the oldest person I've ever met was 102 years old. A wonderful lady that I met. 
but I've never met anyone older than that. I believe that the oldest person that, that they have in the world's book of Jinn is 117, 117 years old. But life ends. And what after life, as we know it, heaven, eternal life. And let me tell you why that's important. Because there will be no more tears. There shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying. Neither shall there be any more pain for the former things are passed away. All of this is done. And you can read for yourself in, in Revelation chapter 21, eternal life. I give them unto eternal life, as verse 28 of John 10 says, I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. You can be assured that if you keep your eyes on the prize, on Jesus, that no one can pluck you out of his hand. If you get in a place where you're about to sin, that you're about to fall if you're a believer, then God will bless you. Then God will protect you. Then God will see you through. He will use the unbeliever or the believer to bless you and to help you and to encourage you in your hour of temptation. No one can pluck you out of his hand. My father, which gave them me is greater than all. And no man is able to pluck them out of my father's hand. That's security. That's eternal security. I and the father are one. That's it. They lost their mind now. Jesus just said, I and the father are one. We're perfect in equality is what he is saying. Then the Jews took up stones again to stone him. They considered that blasphemy. But Jesus is God. Jesus was not afraid to proclaim who he was. Many say that Jesus never said this. But if you read through the book of John, you will find out that, that he takes the very words that God spoke to Moses, the I am, when he says before Abraham was I am. And then he used it with substance behind it. I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world, I am the door, I am the good shepherd, I am the resurrection, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the true vine. What other proof do you need? 32 says this, the, Jesus answered them, many good works have I showed unto you from my father, for which of these do you stone me? The Jews answered and saying, for a good work we stone thee not, but for blasphemy. And because thou being a man, makest thyself God. They understood when he had just said to them, I am the door, I am the good shepherd, that he was making himself God. And especially when he said, I and the father are one. Jesus answered them, it is not written in your law. You said you are gods. Isn't it written that? That it says that if he called them gods or judges unto whom the word of God came and the scripture cannot be broken, say of him whom the father hath sanctified and said unto the world, thou blasphemous, because I said, I am the son of God. They understood that if anyone said, I am the son of God, that was to say that he was God. There is a, a religious book, a major religion that says in their book, in their holy book that they call, it says that God has no son. They understood, even the modern religious, even a religion that was started in the year 700. If I do not the works of my father, believe me not. But if I do, the, but if I do though you believe not me, believe the works that ye may know and believe that the father is in me and I in him. Everything that Jesus did... All the works, everything he said pointed to whom he was, the son of God, God himself. Therefore, they sought him again to take him, but he escaped out of the ham and went away beyond Jordan in the place where John had first baptized. And there he abode and many resorted unto him and said, John did no miracles, but all things that John spake of this man were true. He is a Messiah. Jesus is the Messiah. And many believed on him there. 
Thank you for listening. And, and I believe that God's word never comes back void to him. And as we close this show, I'm going to have my wife close us. Cleta Riojas, will you close us in prayer? So, Father God, we just thank you. We thank you so much for giving us your word and for preserving it for generations and generations to come. We thank you, Father God, for being so real to us. And Father, um, I just want to pray just a special blessing over this next generation that's coming up. Father, I pray that you would bless and protect them, protect their families, um, their parents, grandparents, and all the caregivers that are just pouring into this next generation, that you would open their eyes and let the Spirit of the Lord come upon them. We praise you, Father, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Thank you. We love you, and Jesus loves you. Thanks for listening to Freedom with Adam Riojas. If you'd like to contact Adam, email him at freedom at adamriojas.com. Make sure to tune in next week at 5 p.m. here on K-Praise. If you missed a show, go to your favorite podcast provider and search Freedom with Adam Riojas. The Oceanside Pier is a sacred place, blessed with ocean views, the strand, good people, and good times. You'll find all those things and more at the Bistro at the Pier. Locally owned and operated, the Bistro at the Pier offers delicious food options and a full slate of crafted coffee drinks, including Italy's own Cafe Vergnano, sourced from Italy's finest coffee beans. So whether you're craving an acai bowl or an espresso, the Bistro at the Pier is waiting for you. Head on down or visit them online at bistroatthepier.org. Freedom Generation Higher Education is a faith-based alternative education option that values constitutional rights and medical freedom, serving ages 3 through 6th grade. Hosted by At the Cross Church in Oceanside, they offer in-person classes and electives Tuesday through Thursday, along with the classical conversation community offering foundations and essentials on Mondays. And they're now accepting applications for fall 2022. Visit them online at atthecrossoceanside.com. That's atthecrossoceanside.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.